his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. You're watching history in the making, folks. While Biden tours Europe to celebrate the relaunch of the Cold War, folks, he's literally touring Europe to celebrate the relaunch of the Cold War. We won the Cold War. It's like with your kid's sports team. If they win a game, you don't go, forget that. Let's do it again and see if you win this time. But that is literally what we just did. Not Russia, us. And as Joe Biden relaunches the Cold War, Never forget Obama's warning to us, quote, never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up, unquote. The purpose of this podcast today is to show you how dangerous what we're doing is. We've been working, well, the Democrats, it's really the Democrats who are at war with Barack Obama and a couple of neocons who take a lot of military industrial complex money. But to show you how dangerous this is, the purpose of this podcast today is to show you how we have Russia cornered like an animal. It started back in 2012 and ended in 2014 with the overthrow of the duly elected, legally elected, chosen by the people, pro-Russian leader of Ukraine. The CIA did that, training what everybody in the world at the time acknowledged were neo-Nazi troops to overthrow a sitting duly elected president. What was the problem with that guy? He was pro-Russian. See, contrary to what you've been told and just about everything you've ever been told about Ukraine by our media, at least in the last three years, was a lie. It's actually really interesting to go back further than three years because you'll find liberal publications from USA Today to The Atlantic admitting our troops in Ukraine. The ones we trained by the State Department and the CIA were neo-Nazis. What do we train them for? Well, in Ukraine, the country is split right down the middle between the pro-Russian side and the pro-Eastern Ukrainian side, which tends to put the neo-Nazis in charge. In fact, a neo-Nazi ran their national legislature for a little more than a year, not too long ago. We trained them to violently overthrow then-elected President Viktor Yanukovych. And as he fled the country, we, well, they and us, attempted to assassinate him as he ran for Russia. He was smart enough to foresee that, And so had a decoy car headed one way. He got another car headed the other. We blew up the decoy car or our neo-Nazi troops did. Doesn't matter. Same thing. Now, imagine for a moment if Russia 
were to train troops, I don't know, pick some people we don't like, the cartels, to violently overthrow the duly elected president of Mexico and install a pro-Russian president. Would you be concerned? Nah, I wouldn't care, liar. We had that exact same thing happen pretty close to it anyway in Vietnam when the Russians were trying to take over, and boy, do we care. We don't want communism. At the time, communism, Russia isn't communist anymore. In fact, Vladimir Putin has killed and persecuted um, his old communist paymasters. But no, we didn't want what might be a Russian-controlled Vietnam in the same hemisphere as us. Then the ethnic cleansing, the genocide, and the bombings began. By who? All that democratic government you keep hearing about in Ukraine? Look, Putin's a nasty guy. I'm not going to mince words on that. Here's the thing. So are the Ukrainians with this installed government. And the nastiest of all, Vladimir Zelensky. Honestly, I don't know who's worse, him or Putin. Hard to say. And so the persecution began in ethnically Russian areas. Then came the biolabs built right up against Russia's border. Can you even, do you remember how we reacted correctly to the Bay of Pigs? Can you imagine if Russia were building bioweapons labs against our border in Mexico after overthrowing the government? And imagine further that those labs were an utter violation of international bioweapons treaties. At about that time, I'd be ready to invade Mexico. In fact, I'd be on the radio screaming that it was way past time to invade Mexico. But Russia was surprisingly patient for more than a year. You'll remember if you've been listening to the Battleground podcast for a long time. They called for international inspection to those facilities. They couldn't get it. They said there were strange outbreaks of disease around those biolabs. Again, put in ethnically Russian areas. We denied it for a long time. Until last year, under oath, in a Senate hearing, State Department Undersecretary for Political Affairs, Victoria Nuland, who also served under Obama during the overthrow of the pro-Russian president, admitted, okay, we had them, but they were purely for, you know, defense, not offense. Russia was right. And the thing is, the media used to talk openly about it. Even Newsweek reported on it. We'd never put up with that from Russia on our border, no, nor should we. The strikes against ethnic populations, the targeting of ethnic populations with bioweapons, all of that was merely a nuisance to the Russians, as long as Ukraine was not inducted into NATO. Vladimir Putin had been clear on this point for years, explaining it till Condoleezza Rice back in the day. That was his red line. Ukraine could never be a NATO country. Why? Because the bombings, which sometimes crossed over into Russia, the bioweapons, all of that, if they were coming from a NATO country, it would mean that Russia couldn't respond without invoking World War III. Again, we put Russia in this position. Then a bizarre thing happened. It basically went like this. November, December, the Biden administration was letting the world know that it intended to back Ukraine's entry into NATO. And the Russian tanks and troops began to mass on the Ukrainian border. Oddly, after the invasion, Ukrainian leader Vladimir Zelensky would admit to CNN that he knew the whole time that NATO had no intention of admitting Ukraine. But he said nothing as his country was dragged into war and Vladimir Putin was, I don't know, tricked into invading or given the cover, the justification he'd wanted to invade. I don't know. Things got even weirder when in November and December, remember the invasion by Putin was in February, 
Joe Biden, in one of his handful of appearances lobbying in the halls of Congress, showed up to lobby against Nord Stream sanctions, practically greenlighting an invasion by Vladimir Putin. Ted Cruz, senator, described this bizarre episode. If you look at what the Ukrainians want, they've been very explicit. They've said two things. They've said, number one, if you want to stop a Russian invasion, they've asked the United States explicitly, put sanctions on Nord Stream 2 right now today. Joe Biden could do that this morning. He refuses to do it. You you know, I finally, last month, I forced a vote in the United States Senate on sanctions on Nord Stream 2. Every single Democrat in the Senate had voted for my sanctions legislation twice previously. But the difference was last time you had a president with an R behind his name. Now you got a president with a D behind his name. When we voted that same day, they were filibustering to protect Russia and Putin. And 44 Democrats gave in to political pressure from the Biden White House. They voted in favor of Russia against sanctions. It was a trick. We were telegraphing to Russia that they could keep the Nord Stream, sell all the gas they wanted to Germany. We wouldn't do a thing. Oh, and also, we were going to let Ukraine into NATO, which was never going to happen. And Vladimir Putin invaded. What's clear to us who are actually watching the back and forth here, who've moved beyond Russia bad, America good, is that the deep state has been angling for war with Russia since at least 2014. Heck, the head of NATO, John Stoltenberg, keeps saying it. He said it as recently as a couple of weeks ago. We've been at war with Russia. Since 2014, not Russia has been at war with us. Other way around. The other thing I would say is that the war didn't start in February last year. The war started in 2014. And since 2014, NATO allies have provided support to Ukraine with training, with equipment. uh, So the Ukrainian armed forces were much stronger uh, uh, in 2022 than they were in 2020, uh, in 2014. Again, I've exhaustively documented all this on Battleground. Longtime listeners know that. I'm not going to bore you doing it again. You can go back through my old Battlegrounds on more detailed tit for tat with this, Newland, the State Department. But the point is this. Russia then watched a buildup of troops trained by us in their backyard. Can you imagine If all of this had happened in Mexico, I'd be in a frothing panic. But still, Putin kept his head. And people need to understand this. Putin is a moderate, believe it or not. One of the many lies around this our deep state tells, if we could just get, you know, just get rid of Putin, it'll go away. No, the people behind him are much worse hardliners. He has tried hard to avoid the trap America's laid for him. In fact, I'm pretty sure all the taunting with the NATO entry was actually from those Putin has battled internally who want to go to war with us, who wanted to be bold and reclaim Ukraine, and that we did those things to pressure Putin. Whatever the case, his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Follow along and pretend all this is going on in Mexico. Now, around February when Putin invaded, we had a standing troop count in Europe of about 60,000. And then the escalation began. By the summer, 
we were up to 100,000. That's war footing. When that didn't do it, the New York Times, the Washington Post printed leaked stories based on classified data about all the bombings we had been involved in coordinating with Ukraine. Those are actual actual strikes in what could at any time with any strike turn out to be a war against Russia. We documented all that in past battleground episodes. But Russia just wouldn't take the bait. Laid out by our sociopathic homicidal overlords here in America. So the escalation, America's escalation, continued. Perhaps the scariest one of these to me was the deployment of the 101st Airborne in Romania, right on the border, on the Ukraine border, the Screaming Eagles. Folks, that's the first forward deployment to Europe of that group since World War II. We only send them to places we're at war. The last one was in Iraq. Putin understands exactly what we were saying. Again, you got to look at it from Putin's point of view. Suppose after the Russians invaded Mexico, overthrew the government, violated international weapons treaties, put bioweapons right on our doorstep, then he rolled tanks right up to our border. How would you feel about that? Well, that started with Barack Obama, ostensibly over election interference. You know, the attempted coup that we now know is fake. Russia knows it's fake, too. Russia never even launched bots at our elections. We now know that from the Twitter files. Inside Twitter, the good liberals who wanted to take out the Russian bots were baffled by the lies the FBI and her other intel agencies kept telling the Washington Post, the New York Times and CNN because they couldn't find these bots. They tried hard. There weren't any. Just a handful of Russian defunct accounts, most of which were phishing scams, not operations of the Russian government. So think about it from Putin's point of view. Listen to us screaming and yelling about coups and interference and bots, then using that as a pretext, because this is how it looked to Russia, to roll tanks and troops right up to their border and park them there in NATO countries. In retaliation for election interference, coups, that's, that's accusing Russia of trying to overthrow our leaders. And they knew damn well they didn't do it. They saw it as a pretext for sitting right on their border. And with every episode, we were driving them, pushing them, taunting them to war. When that wasn't even good enough to move the Russians off their post, we started floating stuff like this in the New York Times. U.S. warms to helping Ukraine target Crimea. Specifically, we were going to enter the war fighting alongside the Ukrainians to take Crimea back. That's insane. Because what we're saying there is we're going to be fighting on the battlefield with the Russians. We weren't even stupid enough to do that during the Cold War. Yeah, we had some activity in Afghanistan, um, and we did wear the Russians out there. But here's the difference. This is on their border. It would be our troops operating these Patriot missiles. Remember Tucker Carlson on that? These are not surface-to-air missiles. These are long-range missile defense systems that can shoot down both missiles and aircraft. They are more advanced than any weapon this country has sent so far to Ukraine. That's saying a lot. As recently as March, the Pentagon denied that it would ever do anything like this. A senior U.S. defense official said in March that, quote, there is no discussion about putting a Patriot battery in Ukraine. In order to do that, you would have to put U.S. troops with it to operate it. In other words, you would have American troops directly fighting Russia. Congress has not authorized that. The American public is not in favor of that. There's no justification for that. And, of course, the risks of doing that are profound. But now we are. Positioning troops in Ukraine is no longer a problem. It's no longer a theoretical problem. It's a reality. 
and Democrats in Congress are encouraging it. When Hillary Clinton wanted to station Patriot missiles in Syria and shoot down Russian airplanes full of Russian troops, she said that was the first thing she'd do as president. Thank God she didn't get elected. Um, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you remember, were interviewed, and they said, well, we'll we can make that happen, but it might cause World War III. That's in Syria. What happens if you do it in Ukraine? No one in Washington has answered this simple question. If we shoot a Patriot missile and we kill Russian soldiers, what then? What happens when Russia retaliates against the position that the Patriot missile was fired from? You know the one. With our troops there, then what? There's no answer to it. Nobody even wants to talk about it. The childlike assumption in Washington is this. And this is the new narrative, by the way. It's what, what's replaced COVID. And it's as much of a lie. Well, Russia's weak. We got to go ahead and hit them while we can. Okay. But between the two of us, we still control 90% of the world's nukes. What if they hit us back? Then what? There's no answer to it. Finally, in the last few weeks, Zelensky, and Zelensky doesn't say or do anything. Neither his deputies do without our permission. That's what we pay for has his two of his deputies have been taunting Russia, telling them that we will be bombing Russian cities, specifically St. Petersburg and Moscow, and that we will be we will be rolling our tanks into Russia. Russia knows we let them say that we're mocking them, taunting them, trying to start the war. Can you imagine Russia doing that to us from Mexico? Finally, none of this is being explained to the American people. What we're taking on here is really literally the definition of insane. We have no national interest um, in Ukraine of any kind. And Rebecca Kofler, a Russian-born U.S. intelligence expert who served as the Russian Doctrine and Strategy Specialist for the Defense Intelligence Agency of the United States of America, had this to say about Putin's speech. I don't think Americans understand how serious this is. Here she is on Battleground. This was the most highly consequential speech of Putin's entire presidency. Why? It's because he just delivered a strategic message to the United States and the West about Russia's readiness for unrestricted nuclear warfare. We're no longer talking about the escalate to de-escalate, the detonation of a low-yield tactical nuclear warhead on the battlefield that we spoke in the beginning of this conflict. What start is this nuclear treaty. This was the world's uh, nuclear arms control regime that provided stability for the entire world. Why? It's because Russia and the United States possess 90% of the world's nuclear warheads. Well, what Putin just did by suspending Russia's participation in this treaty, he dismantled this entire regime. He is getting ready for a total war. Why is that? Is because the Russians have concluded, based on all the rhetoric coming out of Washington, you know, uh, Putin is a war criminal, cannot remain in power, which means regime change. Um, the United States goal and objective in Ukraine, uh, as it was stated, is to defeat Russia militarily and weaken it economically so Putin can no longer do um, attack other countries. And so Putin is looking at this and he told us today during the speech, um, these people, meaning uh, us, 
they want to uh, blow a strategic defeat strike to us. But um, so that's the implication of the suspension of the start regime. It's because um, Russia no longer has restrictions on um, deployed warheads and launches. And finally, Putin said he's going to renew uh, nuclear testing if the United States does. And he gave the Russian intelligence assessment that uh, the United States is conducting or is about to conduct nuclear testing. And let's be clear, we haven't had any nuclear testing in the world for 30 years. So this is a complete game, game changer and we are firmly on the path to nuclear Armageddon about which President Biden informed us himself. And you just uh, played those, uh, those clips. All of a sudden, I don't know what changed, but he, we are definitely walking into it. Terra Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.